bitch. Good luck, and fool. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Your Money, Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Delano Soporu. It's been a wonderful week, busy week for me. I'm actually moving. I'm moving apartments, um, going to Williamsburg more than likely. We'll see. But I will be in New York somewhere. Um, It's a renter's market, so that's a good thing for me. It's a renter's market. Uh, A lot of people fled the city uh, for their own reasons, uh, but I'm staying here. I'm staying grounded. I'm staying here for the people. Um, so that's that's an update on the personal life. Um, let's jump into it. Market update. Uh, as we sit here, it's Thursday evening where I'm recording right now, um, and we are sitting at you know about 3.8 percent up. Uh, if you look at the Dow Jones, we're about 3.8, 3.7 percent up. Um, you know, I think the optimism continues. Optimism continues about. Uh, the data going coming out of the states that are open. Um, you even saw travel and different cruise ship companies have a big, one of the weeks, uh, one of the days this week have a big, big green day. So you're seeing optimism uh, across, you know, the nation and across the market from investors. And you also saw the CEO of Bank of America, Brian Moynihan, uh, chime in on CNBC and talk about consumer spending is up. So we kind of hit you know, a depth of, you know, pullback of consumer spending. I don't remember the exact uh, metric that showed what, you know, consumer spending was at its worst, but uh, he, he noted uh, that he's seen from Bank of American Transactions that, um, you know, consumer spending is up uh, about 5 to 10% in May. And actually he did cite that it was down about 30% in April. So we're climbing back out of the depths, it looks like. And he also mentioned uh, that checking accounts you know, that were below $5,000 in average balances actually had 30 to 40% more money in them compared to 12 weeks ago. So the stimulus that the government has put into into plan seems to be working, um, seems to have some people, um, you know, saving or being in a better position. I've actually heard that from some people that they feel like they'll be in a better position um, on the other side of this. So that's some interesting information to to kind of take in. Um, and so we'll keep watching the markets. We have one more day, uh, trading day tomorrow. Um, the markets were up today, and then uh, we saw from the administration that there will be a press conference, I believe, tomorrow, uh, update on China. So the U.S.-China tension seems to be reflaring. You know, once we you know, we get out, got it, get out of one thing, and something else comes up. But again, long term, I feel very confident, very bullish in what's going on in the markets. Um, especially with certain securities and companies that have been performing strong uh, throughout this whole time. News update now, folks. News update. What is going on in the world? We had our jobs number come out. Another 2 million um, filed for unemployment benefits. Um, and that's you know the 10th straight week that we've had above 2 million, which is kind of crazy. These numbers are astronomical. These numbers are scary. Um, it's crazy, uh, and so that, I think that puts us, you know, over 40 million um, since we've had our recession of, you know, filing for unemployment. That's that; those are kind of shocking numbers if you think about it. Um, in a separate report, the Commerce Department said gross domestic product 
contracted at a 5% annualized rate in the first quarter, the deepest drop in, you know, since the 2007-2009 recession. So, again, output just slowed. We had a pandemic, so everything slowed, everything shut down. Um, and so that's what the data is saying. We're getting this data um, coming out from, you know, our past, you know, few couple months of being within this pandemic. So that data is showing some some of that. But again, we're, we're pulling out of the other side. It seems like we're, we're, I think, you know, if you look at forecasting by mid-summer, you're looking at the NBA saying that they're going to possibly uh, re-kick things off. Um, NFL training camps are looking to get kicked off in June. So, you know, we're getting to the other side of things. Company update, Twitter versus Facebook. So Twitter um, actually did a fact check on one of Trump's tweets, um, which, you know, incited Trump. Uh, but, you know, from that, Facebook, they asked Mark Zuckerberg about it, and he said that he doesn't believe social media should be the arbiter of free speech. They should not interfere. So you have Jack on one side in Twitter. You have Zuck on the other side in Facebook. So whose side are you on? Should there be some sort of fact-checking mechanisms, especially for people that have large platforms underneath or on you know on the stuff that they, they their statuses their tweets or should social media companies and technology companies stay out of that role and allow freedom of speech um, to happen especially in politics which it seems to be a big area where that fact checking needs to be um, you know done I think they should fact check some of these other advisors too a lot of them need to be fact checked as well <laughs> All right, ask an advisor section, another great section. I love talking about this. We had one important question come up on my IG. It was financial literacy within the black community and building wealth. Again, this applies to whatever community you may be a part of. Uh, but obviously, as I'm a black man, I, I decided to I would speak on that. And, you know, the first thing I would say is literacy. So, you know, what I've noticed, especially within our community or, you know, within my community, um, the lack of literacy is rampant. People don't have knowledge about certain things. Why that is, I think it's just, you know, not having someone to take the time and, you know, sit down and teach people. That's a big reason why I do my podcast. It's a big reason why I meet with anyone that wants to meet. It's a big reason why I took the time to educate myself because I didn't want to not know stuff that I felt was important. So I think that would be the biggest thing. Next thing would be getting inclusive or being allowed into certain areas. So, I mean, you could talk about the different metrics on, about tech and Wall Street, how they're not very diverse. That goes for, you know, not having a lot of women, you know, in these areas, not having a lot of, you know, minorities in these areas. So the inclusiveness needs to, um, that, that needs to be changed. And that's something that we don't really have control over. That's something that has to change from external factors, if you get what I'm saying. So I, I think there's a lot of lip service around that. Uh, especially in Wall Street, um, there's a guy uh, that I used to work with, and all he would talk about is, you know, a lot of lip service. If Craig, if you're listening to this, you're you, you just said a lot of lip service. You'd say a lot of lip services um, about wanting to help. He's a managing director at the bank I used to work at, but he really just didn't want to do anything. There, it's a lot of lip service when it comes to these companies. They'll tell you that they want to be my diverse. They want to do this and that. They really don't, and they're really never going to. And so I think. Another, the next thing would be creating our own ecosystems and creating your own spaces where you can actually thrive. So that's the reason why you know walked out and created something that I, is mine and, and the people that I serve, and it's going to thrive and continue to thrive. We serve over a hundred 
household already, and we've only been I've only been at it for seven months, um, and so we need to support you know things and uh, for people that are actually doing things for you know people that have a good um, intention behind them, and so I think that's where we we need to pour our resources in supporting those businesses and those people uh, that are actually doing things for you know people other than themselves, and that's where I would say is you know, a big reason where we can, you know, thrive within our communities, uh, whatever communities you, you have to happen to be in, that would be a great, great way to do that is support those people that are doing those things. If you can't get into those places and be more inclusive, sure, try to, but if not, let's just do our own thing. There's nothing we can't do. We don't need um, certain people to be able to do things, right? Uh, and then the next thing would be literacy. Keep continuing to learn keep continuing to educate yourself because that's really it's it's power like it, it really is um so that's that would be what i would say for for that so that's a really great question i'm hoping to having that discussion further with anyone just in general people that want to learn and build wealth and understand that you know the tools and the, the knowledge is one of the biggest factors that changes lives and money is a resource and that's really all it is is a resource and resource that provides a lot of different things for for people and so we need to understand it as much as we can awesome thank you guys that was um that was great that was deep it was really great and really deep uh but i really hope you guys enjoy the interview i come have coming up erica has a wonderful story and erica has a mindset and success life coach and she has a wonderful story not only personally but you know she's come out of some things and and really um is really helping people see things from like a different perspective really train their minds and she talks a little bit about how she does that she has a wonderful story where she's persevered through a lot of things and i think it's important for people to hear it um and she just you know was very uh she divulged a lot and i was really you know grateful that she was able to speak uh candidly about her experiences and um it's a great interview she's got a lot of great things going on, on the horizon with some companies and different uh, networks she started so Really, really hope you guys enjoy the interview. And always reach out to me if you want topics or you want to hear about certain things. Uh, if you want to be on and speak to me, I want to have more questions. I want to speak to more people. Um, if you have any feedback, just uh, shoot me a message, let me know, and we'll discuss. But uh, I really appreciate you guys for listening. Well, hey, everyone listening. We're back with another fun interview with Erica Surgat, who is um, – a mindful and success coach uh, here in New York. Um, where are you from actually originally? I'm from right outside of Philadelphia. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us, Erica. I really thank appreciate you. your time. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Well, you know, we were just talking before we started, you know, really recording uh, one about some interesting stuff you have coming up. But, you know, obviously being from right outside of Philadelphia, you made your way um, up, up to, you know, to to New York. Tell me about your journey to getting here, what you've been up to. I'd love to hear a little bit about that. Sure. Um, I've been in New York for a really long time, uh, like collectively 12 years. I, I went wow. to undergrad here at NYU and um, then have, with a short hiatus back to Philadelphia, I've been here uh, ever since. So wow. um, yeah, I, I, I can tell you a little bit about, uh, in college, I went to this great uh, school within NYU called the Galden School of Individualized Study, where I okay. uh, I did my concentration in sustainable design and de economic development. So I was really interested at the time in, in particular, in sustainable fashion design, which was not cool or trendy at the time, but now is kind 
like, <laughs> this big wave, which is which is awesome. It's nice to see the industry shifting that way. But I've since left that industry and um as you mentioned i'm working as a mindful life and success coach amazing yeah we were touching on that and i guess you know mindful life and success coach candidly i think you're the only person i know in that lane as far as those kind of two two things what does that what does that actually mean what is your mindfulness journey what does that look like when we're talking about mindfulness i kind of get the success part but i love to hear more on the mindfulness and the success part as well yeah absolutely um i think you know so i i guess where i can go from start from is um my i i call myself a mindfulness life and success coach and that is the type of coaching that i've done that has its origins from my my whole life and my whole career you know i i'm I'm not that old, I guess you could say, but I have have had experience working in a lot of different um, industries and with different types of people. And all of my work, it kind of comes back to this uh, theme of self-discovery and then um, putting that back into service for other people. So all of my work over and over again has answered the questions, how can I help myself to heal? And then how can I help others to do the same? Um, Mm. In fashion, I worked with some really incredible uh, international brands, and I had amazing coworkers and bosses and mentors, but I just felt like things were, it wasn't quite the right industry for me. I saw Mm. the future paths that were led out, led ahead of me, and at the time, and, you know, this was before the wellness boom had happened, um, people didn't have great work-life balance. They weren't happy. They were missing mm. major uh, life events with family and, and they just, you know, felt really drained. So, and I think, you know, while it's gotten a little bit better with this, uh, you know, worldwide focus on fitness and wellness, there was still, there's still a lot of room for improvement. So I ended mm. up leaving um, the fashion industry after or working for these large brands like Louis Vuitton and Free People and a sustainable fashion company and have spent the last five years teaching yoga, meditation, and doing coaching for uh, like a huge array of international clientele and membership clubs, tech, finance, fashion, corporations, and some studios here in New York City. Um, so mm. my mindfulness journey was really born out of my own needs at desires for relief from daily stresses and attempts to cope with major life challenges. It came out of like not fun stuff, you know, uh, challenging family dynamics, encountering loss and death of family members and friends and uh, Mm. struggling with burnout, even as a yoga teacher and meditation (laughs) teacher. Um, It's real. Anybody who's in the industry will know what I'm talking about. Um, Mm -hmm. And being both a victim and a survivor of sexual assault and PTSD, Mm. um, and which Mm. led me to have to really reevaluate my life, you know, burnout and all of these challenging life, major life changes and challenges forced me to look inwards and to do some of that self-discovery work. And, you know, I think it goes for many people knowing that finding purpose out of pain is the way that you change the, the kind of crappy stuff that happens into your life into meaning. Um, yeah. And so that, uh, that's 
the overall way that it happened to get a little bit more nuanced into the mindfulness coaching, you know, I myself was experienced burnout, experiencing burnout. Um, and then my friends, uh, most all my friends in college, they actually like most of them aren't really into yoga or meditation or anything like this. It's kind of funny, but I I saw, you know, through working at these different corporations, like this real need and interest. So I've like finding relief from stresses and trying to create a better relationship to their work and their ambition. So I studied, you know, everything I could find. I took trainings so that I could meet that need. And in my work, I've uh, supported CEOs, entrepreneurs, executives, authors, and fashion models. yeah, and just in this yeah. meditation mindfulness work to the Air Force, the Navy, um, hospitals here in New York, like NYU and Memorial Sloan Kettering, and um, to startups and corporations like Venmo, PayPal, and Victoria's Secret. So it's been like, it's been a journey. Um, I integrate a lot of different techniques into my coaching, but it's really about mm-hmm. how, you know, we can live better. And regardless of, and how we can use, you know, that pain and that struggle to uh, develop our self-awareness and then to con- live, you know, a full life. So sounds kind of yeah. cheesy, but <laughs> that's where it all No, no, that makes 100% sense. You, like you said, you have a story um, uh, that's born out of, you know, some things that, you know, kind of pushed you into what you're doing now. And it's obviously been successful with the wide array of people that you're working with. And, you know, obviously, I don't know, sounds like, you know, right now would be a great time for a lot of people to tap in to mindfulness. We have uh, what's going on with our quarantine, what's going on with health, uh, economy, um, different things. Um, And, you know, it's really uh, been, you know, kind of crazy as you're probably Mm -hmm. seeing some across your clients and different things. So what are tips or I guess, what are you telling people that you're working with, you know, high level, we shouldn't get the goods for free, (laughs) but uh, what are you talking to people uh, about uh, to kind of stay, you know, on their pe- perfect mental and success path during these times. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there, there's so much great advice out there right now, and um, I think that, and there's so much accessibility to that great advice. You know, one of the reasons this virus has spread is because of how, like, our globalized world. But it's also how we can. Mm. Um, it also is enabling us to like access all the, these great resources. Um, something that I feel like I should like preface the like advice that I'll share is that this really is a, like a global trauma. It's, you know, sure yeah. not everybody is affected the same. Like there's definitely privilege and there's definitely people who are suffering way more. So I want to just like frame everything I'll say with that awareness. Um, yeah. And I'm going to, you know, I have a bunch of tips and I'm going to try to give uh, a few tips that I'm not seeing out Mm -hmm. in the public, in the, you know, circling on social media quite as much so that it, um, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe gives, because we all know to like, we should, we should be exercising. We should be eating healthy foods. We should get outside even, Mm -hmm. you know, appropriately socially distanced and met with masks on. But there's a few things that I think, um, you know, that are, I'm not hearing as much. And um, I'll just go through a couple of them. Uh, the first one that's coming to my mind is to introduce mindfulness by practicing monotasking. Um, mm-hmm. Everybody knows meditation is great, but with 
all of the anxiety, thoughts, uh, distraction um, that's coming up right now, I think meditation can sometimes feel a little bit like maybe unappealing or challenging, Mm -hmm. but anything can be a mindful practice. So I like to engage with mindfulness by choosing one thing, whether that is something as simple as you know, looking out the window and watching how the clouds move through the sky, listening to a song Mm. and really like listening to the the notes that are playing, the instruments that are introduced and how you're you're experiencing that, reacting to that internally, having a conversation with a friend and really listening to what they're saying. Um, You can even, one of my favorite uh, monotasking mindfulness exercises is my cup of coffee in the morning, really being present for that experience. Mm. So, yeah, so it it doesn't have to be this big, huge, you know, I'm going to meditate every day, 30 minutes a day, top of the morning. Like, that's awesome. Like, don't get me wrong. Definitely go for that. But I also think you can create just as much um, impact or you can get the ball and the momentum going by practicing monotasking Um, and then the the second one that is also um i've been reflecting on a lot is um to engage with your creativity not just your productivity uh productivity Mm. has been like a a hot topic you know there's been productivity Mm. shamers (laughs) and you know productivity (laughs) tips and um but we, like, as humans, are not simply producers. We're also creators. And um, mm. so, you know, make art, experiment with baking. You know, I know everybody's on that, like, mm. sourdough train. Um, <laughs> I, I myself <laughs> have a train on me, but I think it's cool. <laughs> um, you know, just do something that, like, maybe you enjoyed doing as a kid. Like, sing just because. Um, pick up some photography like whatever appeals for you not for anyone you know I mean maybe for Instagram if you want but it it doesn't have to be you know just do something that brings taps helps you tap back out into that creativity and then you also like get more out of the anxious mind and into the you know that mindful flow kind of state of mind um let me think if I can just bring you uh, yeah that the third thing I would say is just the third tip is just rest. Like um, when I was recovering from PTSD, I spent so much time napping, sleeping, practicing yoga nidra, which is known as sleep meditation. Mm. We need rest. This is a lot to handle. Even, even those who, you know, maybe have gone through difficult things before and feel like they can handle it. It's okay. Like, or, you know, to take breaks and to rest. And mm. I think another caveat I should add to this advice is I, I'm single. I don't have kids or dependents. So I know that some of these uh, practices aren't always accessible. You know, finding time to nap or sleep in if you have a few kids running around is, is maybe not as easy. But, you know, giving yourself that permission to move a little slower. There's, there's no real race right now. Um, a lot of that is self-imposed. It's, it's kind of what the stories we've been hearing for a lot. So 
try to slow down yeah. and give yourself that permission to, to rest and slow down. It, no, those are, those are wonderful tips. Um, I definitely love um, the slow down and rest one, which is, you know, always, always useful. Um, and yeah, just being in the moment, creativity is important. Um, I tend to focus on uh, the productivity, as you mentioned, but the creativity and, and trying to think of ways to, you know, like you said, think creatively is, is huge. And I think that lends to you actually being more productive in Absolutely. the end too. So um, that's really, really cool. And, and it kind of along those lines, but, you know, as you mentioned, you know, kind of staying within yourself. Um, and we mentioned the kind of the times we're in right now where people are working from home, um, they're, you know, kind of quarantined and lockdown. Uh, you took that as an opportunity to really bring something to community that people could need in this time, which is a virtual co-working space. I actually joined in on a couple of um, uh, virtual co-working sessions, uh, but you've started Flow State Co-working, which allows people to, you know, you know before, before this happened, co-working mm -hmm. was huge, like shared spaces, co-working social clubs were huge. And now that's actually taking a step back as we, we talked about um, because, you know, we're social distancing. So what is Flow State Co-working? What do you see uh, in the future um, with uh, Flow State and what, what you could possibly do yeah, uh, with that? So, um, yeah, it was super fun to have you join in a few times. Uh, Flow State Co-working is a mindfully designed virtual co-working space that has the mission to restore confidence and hope through community support. So this is, uh, as you mentioned, co-working, in-person co-working was huge pre-pandemic. And, um, you know, yeah. it's it just, it doesn't take, you know, a lot to come across articles now that, that say that our future workplace environments are going to shift and change. And while that was a yeah. little bit in my like vision, like line of vision, what this really, the reason I really created this again was from those same principles that I, I mentioned at the top of our conversation of trying to mm. meet my own need for healing and then offer that kind of healing and support to others. Uh, in my work pre-pandemic, teaching yoga, meditation, mindfulness, wellness in New York City, I was going around the city, engaging with so many different communities throughout the day, sometimes in five different venues, um, connecting with just wonderful, brilliant people. And I didn't realize until lockdown went into effect or safer at home went into effect that I got so much of my need for human connection through that work. Um, and I realized I really mm. started to miss it, living on my own and um, not being able to uh, connect with my friends um, in person or to meet up with uh, clients in person either. Um, and so I was struggling with that, you know, desire to, to be productive, to work on creative projects. You know, I'd always dreamed of having the extra time to put into those passion projects. And I, I realized, you know, and here is like a fourth tip is, you know, staying connected to community um, in the pandemic is, is vital. And so I realized that if I'm craving this like time and space for connection or community support, there has to be other people who are too. Yeah. And yes. so that that's where uh, flow state was born out of. And, you know, it's that idea of flow being in the zone or finding your flow in a yoga class and finding that creative flow. Um, 
And so mm. it largely operates where, you know, we have cameras on for the most of the, t- most of the time, the videos are off. It's always introduced with a bit of my, like mindful movement from one of my, uh, one of the participants who's also a, you know, a colleague of mine in uh, the New York City fitness industry or meditation. And, and there's always some time to connect at the end. We share goals or intentions for the session and, you know, support each other through the chat. And as you mentioned, I think, you know, there's a huge opportunity for this to grow as, um, you know, we're finding particularly here in New York that things are going to be slower to open and workplace environments are going to change where companies, you know, at least in New York, some of these big tech companies are saying and finance and um, institutions are saying, hey, like, you don't have to come back to work to the office till 2021. Or, you know, Mm -hmm. as we talked about before, like, Twitter, you don't ever have to come back to the office. And, you know, Mm -hmm. when coffee shops and whatnot start to reopen, there will be more opportunities for finding a a good co-working space. But uh, I think there's still this desire and craving for a a focused space, you know, a space with intention Mm -hmm. and uh, a community that has shared values and, um, and interests. So uh, that's what I found um, to be pretty special about flow state so far, you know, we've only been operating, it's less than two months in the first month, it was kind of just, you know, like a test with some friends. Uh, So yeah, and we have people who are working on all different sorts of stuff with full time, uh, working full time from home, um, film editors, people who are just using the time to, you know, read or work on art, uh, grad school studying, um, passion projects, and so on. So it's been pretty cool. Yeah, that's that's wonderful. No, yeah, I think it. Like I said, when we talked about, I think it's um, got great opportunity to one be helpful for people in this time, and two, just you know, have a sense of community and be really innovative. So I love that. And you know, along those lines, for you. Um, if people want to reach out to you for mindfulness coaching, uh, success coaching, and also for flow state, where can they find you? Uh, we'll kind of wrap up with where they could find you. Uh, yeah, to kind of, probably uh, the, the easiest place would either be my website or my Instagram. Um, and they are both uh, ericasurgat.com or on Instagram, it's at ericasurgat. And those have links to um, to flow state, which um, you can also find it's www.flowstate.com flow-state.co but there's also links in my instagram and my website for it yes yep and erica's instagram is um, erica spelled with c-a and then s-e-r-g-o-t-t i did not know how to pronounce that but that is erica surgot and she's awesome well erica thank thank you you, uh, for your time Uh, we're obviously we're going to be connected and and keep working on great things collaborating but really appreciated you calling and telling us a little bit about uh, your awesome. story and Thanks what you so have much. going Hello, on. This is great. Talk soon. Awesome. We'll talk soon. Bye. Bye.